Hey everyone, this is Karen, and you're listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast, where parents receive encouragement in their daily journey to disciple their kids to be followers of Jesus. Discipleship isn't a program, it's a lifestyle. Now let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. We are in day four of the Never Alone Bible Study by Jenny Cunyon. Um, today's title is He Makes Much of Jesus. Okay, we're talking about the Holy Spirit um, making much of Jesus. She says, if you ask me what some of my favorite things about the Holy Spirit are, what we are studying today would be one of the first, if not the first, things I'd name. So she says, let's open our Bibles to John chapter 16 and read verses 13 through 15. And I'm going to read that now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. So that's Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. So, In this passage, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his ascension and teaching them about the coming work of the Holy Spirit. So what are some things that jump out to you? One of the things that jumped out to me was that um, how he says he will tell you about the future. And this is kind of interesting because this is John writing this, all right? And we know that John was the one that was given all of the the revelation, if you will, about the book of Revelation, right? He is the one that the angel came to and told about these things and let him see the things about the future. And I believe that John was the one chosen um, to experience this is because he was the one disciple who was the closest to Jesus. There were, okay, we know that there were 12 disciples. There were three that were really close to Jesus, um, James, John, and Peter. And so John was actually the closest to Jesus, and John was the only one at the crucifixion. Um, you know, the other ones were in hiding and Peter was confronted three times and he denied Christ, you know, even knowing Christ three times. So, um, John, um, maybe was even the boldest in his faith and he didn't, um, you know, care whether he lived or he died, he was going to be with Jesus to the very end. And I believe that that is why John was given um, these visions and these messages of, of the future. And so I just found that really interesting that, um, Jesus said that, um, in this writing in the book of John. Okay. So she says, now look specifically at verse 14, right? Verse 14 says, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So who did Jesus say the Holy Spirit would glorify well, he said the Holy Spirit would glorify him. He would, he would glorify Jesus, right? 
you know, the central role of the Holy Spirit, which is to glorify Jesus, is one of the most overlooked benefits. But this shouldn't surprise us because we have a very real enemy who does not want us discovering the matchless love of Jesus. And he doesn't want our lives matching much of Jesus with our kids, making much of Jesus with our kids, excuse me. The schemes of the enemy. Once we are new creations in Christ, I believe the enemy's highest priority becomes ensuring we don't experience the freedom and fullness of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I absolutely believe this as well. So he schemes by attack, attaching stigmas to the spirit that makes us skeptic, skeptical, excuse me, about my reading today about what the Holy Spirit will do in us if we give him full access. So what lies have made us keep the spirit at arm's length? All right, and here's kind of a list and she wants to, um, us to see kind of which ones resonate with us. So here we go. I don't need the Holy Spirit because I have Jesus. The Holy Spirit is only for super spiritual people. The Holy Spirit is only for super strange people. The power of the Holy Spirit isn't for us today. It was only for back then. And I know like people that actually believe that and they, um, they're called cessationists, right? They don't believe that miracles still happen and that the Spirit is still um, moving. Um, the Holy Spirit doesn't serve a purpose in my life. The Holy Spirit is unnecessary to my faith. The Holy Spirit is only for people who want to exercise spiritual gifts. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. And she says, what else would you add? So which one of those kind of um, stuck out to you as maybe a reason um, you haven't gotten to know the Holy Spirit or um experienced his power. So these are some very common misconceptions about the Holy Spirit that are perpetuated by the enemy. The enemy knows that if we get to know the wonderful friend and companion we have in the Spirit, he will enlarge our hearts for Jesus. Talking about the Holy Spirit will enlarge our hearts for Jesus. He will make Jesus more and more irresistible to us. He does this by awakening our minds and hearts to what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. The significance of Christ's sacrifice becomes very real to us when and only when the Spirit en enlightens the eyes of our hearts to see it. But it goes beyond seeing. The Spirit makes us bask in the beauty of Christ's love. Mm, that's good stuff. So, the Spirit is the difference. Reflect on seasons in your life when your faith has felt dull and dry. Now reflect on times when it has felt alive and flourishing. Can you identify how the Spirit's presence and power made the difference? Maybe you didn't even realize at the time that the Holy Spirit was the difference maker. A life void of the Spirit's active presence and power falls so far short of that dynamic life we were made to experience in Christ. It also doesn't draw others to the gospel because they don't see anything in us that they don't already possess or want. Oh my goodness, y'all, this is so true. And I believe that this is the problem with, you know, 
the modern day church and church culture is that most believers are not walking around, um, you know, full of the Holy Spirit. And they're not actually experiencing the God of the Bible themselves. And they're very lukewarm. And I think that is why um, the church is not growing, uh, why people are not growing spiritually. is because they are not actually in tune with the Holy Spirit. So, um, she wants us to open up our Bibles to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter one, and I'm going to read verses 15 through 23. Ever since I first heard of your strong, this is Paul speaking, by the way, he is the writer of Ephesians. He says, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Okay, I'm going to stop right there before I read um, the next section because... Verses 19 and 20 are just so mind-blowing that I really want you to pay close attention and I really want you to soak it in. He says in verse 19, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Oh, that just blows my mind that... We also have that power, um, the same power that rose that um, rose Jesus from the dead. Picking up in verse 21. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Okay. So if we neglect the spirit who wants to empower us to experience the glory of Jesus, we will settle for a faith frustrated by discontentment, religion and stale sentiments, and knowing what we're supposed to believe about Jesus, but never experiencing the intimacy of his love. Do you know the hope to which he has called you? This is the assurance of eternal life guaranteed by your possession of the Holy Spirit. Do you know the richness of your inheritance? This is the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us. Do you know the immeasurable greatness of his power toward you? This is the same extraordinary supernatural power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the good stuff the enemy is determined to make us miss out on. The question we have to answer is, will I let him win or am I all in? This is, this is kind of where um, I kind of came to this crossroads, uh, you know, two years ago. Um, and I, I was like, 
I want to be, I want to be all in. I really do, Lord. I want to be all in because Jesus is like all or nothing. Either wants all of us or nothing at all. And we see this in Revelation chapter three, where he says, because you are neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. You know, it, it's, it's all or nothing, y'all. It's all or nothing. So where do we shine the spotlight? Just as the Holy Spirit's goal is to put the spotlight on Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit in us that makes us want to take the spotlight off ourselves and shine it on Jesus. The Holy Spirit protects us from wanting glory and honor that belongs to Jesus. A woman who is led by the Spirit is a woman whose life makes much of Jesus. She will not hoard the glory. It will go where it belongs, the name above every other name. So, Name a few women or men whose lives glorify Jesus. These are people you know or people you watch on TV or in the social media. Can you think of um, any women or men that you can see they just glorify Jesus? And what specific things do they or what traits do they possess that make you more captivated by the greatness of God rather than the greatness of them? A self-glorifying life is a warning sign that we lack the activity of the Holy Spirit. And a Jesus-glorifying life is a good sign of the Spirit's activity. But now I want us to think about this as it relates to motherhood. See, I want my life to be a love song for Jesus. I want my life to testify to the incomparable love of Jesus so that my children will find him to be irresistible. And I bet you do too. But here's the relief. We don't make our lives a love song. The Holy Spirit does. The larger we allow him to become in our lives, the more beautiful the melody will be. I think we mamas are good at feeling like we have to be our child's savior and Holy Spirit. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be who only Jesus can be for our kids and to do what only the Spirit can do in their lives. But the Holy Spirit in us empowers us to turn the spotlight on Jesus, the only one who will never fail them and will always be faithful to uphold his promises to them. The Holy Spirit's primary purpose is to, re is to reveal the glory of Jesus through you. But don't let the devil fool you into thinking this can only happen through your perfect parenting or good days. We can ask the Holy Spirit to make our lives point to Jesus' perfection when our kids take the brunt of our imperfection. And we can believe he will do it. We can call on the Holy Spirit to make our lives testify to the selfless love of Jesus when our kids encounter our selfishness. And we can believe he will do it. This is what he delights to do. So the Lord works through our weaknesses. And that's when he becomes more seen and stronger in our lives is when, when he works through our weaknesses. So in what areas do you feel like you fail your children or fall short as a mom? How can your shortcomings testify to Jesus' Jesus's perfection? How can your unrighteousness bring glory to the righteousness of Christ that covers us?
So pause and reflect on where you want to ask the Holy Spirit to shine the spotlight on Jesus through your weaknesses and shortcomings. You know, our lives need to be a living testimony um, for Jesus. Um, I'm going to read John 15, verses 26 through 27 is where we are now in the Bible study. It says, But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. But the thing is, like I said just a minute ago, our lives need to be a living, tangible testimony for Jesus. We can't just say things with our words. We can't just say things with our words. Our lives have to actually reflect what we believe. So how does this empower my parenting? Jesus affirmed that the ultimate aim of the Holy Spirit is to point people to him, to, to testify to who he is and what he accomplished. And then he affirmed how we are to partner with him in that work. We must testify about him. Do you want your life to point your children to his goodness? <laughs> Good grief, I do. I want it more than anything else, and I bet you do too. We no longer have to be weighed down by the reality of our weakness or ashamed of the ways in which we fall short at being our child's savior. We were never meant to play that role, and we were never meant to receive that glory. The glory belongs to him alone. Let's ask the Holy Spirit together to make his aim our aim. Let's ask him to lead us into deeper dependency on an intimacy with Jesus. And then let's thank him again for his glorious reality. The assurance we have in Jesus and the affection we feel for Jesus is produced by the Holy Spirit. Is there any better gift? So I just want to take this time and just kind of say a prayer over us. I know I haven't been praying through these sessions, but um, when I was studying this session today, I really felt the need to pray over whoever is listening to this. And I pray that you feel encouraged and uplift, uplifted today um, through this word and through this prayer I'm about to pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are so good. You are so much better than our minds can even comprehend, Lord. Lord, we praise you today. We praise you for all the wonderful things that you are to us, Lord God, and how you shower us with your love and your mercy and your goodness and your kindness, especially when we don't deserve it, Lord. God, forgive us when we fall short. Lord, keep bringing us back to you, Lord God. Help us to abide in you. God, help us to seek you with everything that we have. Help us to be all in, Lord. God, give us your spirit, Lord. Just fill us with your spirit, Lord. I pray that you teach us how to be a companion to the Holy Spirit, Lord. 
how to invite the Holy Spirit into every part of our lives, Lord God, even the deep, dark parts that we're ashamed of, Lord God. We just invite the Holy Spirit into those places to do a work in us, Lord God, so that you, Lord, may be glorified. Lord, use our lives as a living testimony to God's goodness, to who Jesus is. God, empower us with the Holy Spirit's power. Help us to realize what power we have access to, Lord, and that we can accomplish everything that you have called us to accomplish because we do have this power living within us. Lord, I thank you for anyone who's listening to this podcast, Lord. I pray that they feel the presence of your Holy Spirit as I do. Come fill us today, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast. Continue to listen uh, for day five coming soon. Thanks for listening to the Raising Tiny Disciples podcast. Keep tuning in each week to get encouragement to confidently disciple your kids in everyday life.